Welcome to the Let's Talk International Education podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Benny, founder of Top Schools. We're here for you, whether you're a parent, grandparent, a teacher, as long as you're interested in education, you're in the right place. We work hard to bring relevant, up-to-date and possibly controversial information on all things related to education. In this first season, we've invited education leaders from around the world, as well as parents just like you and I. We're pleased you found us. Don't forget to subscribe. And here's today's episode. Hello and welcome to another Top Schools Head Talk. So happy to have you all here. Great to have so many of you guys here. We're here with special guest today, Dr. Beverly Von Zelenka. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Beverly. Great. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yes. So let's let's get into it. So, Dr. Beverly, perhaps we could start with you sharing a little bit about yourself and a little bit about UNISAS. Great. Thank you so much. Well, as I just mentioned, thank you very much, Ryan, for the opportunity to join you today. A little bit about me. I have lived and worked in education international education for several decades in Canada, more recently Korea, the United States, and Germany. I speak a little bit of English, a little bit of German, a little bit of French, and very little Korean. And I wish I spoke a little bit more Cantonese. I have the privilege of living and learning with some of the best thinkers, some of the best researchers and practitioners. And very much like our audience, I am dedicated to create the best learning pathways to ensure that the children entrusted in our care receive the skills and develop the dispositions needed to for success in our rapidly changing, complex, interconnected world, regardless of where we live and learn. I feel very proud to be able to develop what I would describe as confident, poised, empowered young people of character and do so with the goal of them becoming contributing global citizens. This brings me a great deal of joy. And as I mentioned, I could not feel more privileged to help and work in support of the work that helps shape our next generation of whether they be artists or architects, athletes, doctors, engineers, entrepreneurs, researchers, scientists, or teachers. This is my work. This is my love. And I can't remember a day that I've ever not got out of bed and, and rolled off and for, found myself at work with us this wonderful opportunity. And as I speak to the audience here, as perhaps fellow colleagues and certainly as parents, I really truly believe that in these decades of work, regardless of where, that I really believe that along the way that I've confirmed this notion that none of us is really as smart as all of us. And so as I Enjoy your our conversation, Ryan. I really hope that um, I'm answering questions that share my commitment to creating inclusive schools and school cultures that really create an esprit de corps that we're developing young people with a growth mindset and that it distills down to two things, really, that we keep our kids, our students as our top priority and create rigorous, relevant and relationship environments, and we build on the power of relationships that we meet with success. Awesome. Awesome. So today we're really trying to help the viewers decide if Canadian boarding is a, is a good option for them. So I think it would be good if we kind of just explain a little bit about 
boarding in Canada, uh, specifically at your school. And what are the strengths of Unisus and, and, and boarding schools in Canada? I know that you have, you know, one big concern is college, uh, getting into it, getting their children into a good college. So how does your school help with that, the college counseling and help? Okay. I'll start with the beginning. And, you know, I'm not a, an expert of anything, but I've been doing this for a few decades. And I've just joined Unisys in Canada. Is it, It's a, a pre-K, grade 12, independent day and boarding school. Not unlike a school that I just was uh, part of a foundation team and then head of school of a school in Korea. And we grew from and enjoyed children from all over the world as well. And the school grew quickly. And so now joining Unisys in another area of the world, I have the opportunity to build on the success that we enjoyed at a previous school, now recognized as one of the top international baccalaureate schools in the world. And I'm bringing some of that mindset and some of those great practices with me to a school that's relatively young. We call it a foundation school, but it has every promise that the previous school that I was just joining and, and had worked in. And taking that mindset along that that we are about inboarding, about creating opportunities that it's a, a home away from home, but at the same time, we've created a living and a learning environment that prepares children, I think, perfectly with the curriculum, the International Baccalaureate curriculum. It's about creating skills and dispositions for a global perspective, a global mindedness. Our kids come from 17 different countries. Our faculty are international in their, not only their passport, but it's also the mindset of looking at things, celebrating our similarities and celebrating our differences. And I believe, you know, Unisys as a school, we commit to all of the kids entrusted in our care to become these globally minded, confident and comfortable critical thinkers, people that see that regardless of where we come from, we're more similar in our ways of looking and, and working in the world than we are different, but respectful of those differences as well. And we are equally committed as our staff to empowering our children to become leaders, both globally and internationally, and uh, in service of making a positive impact in the world. So our professional staff, dedicated to the day's programs, as well as the boarding. There's a great interface there. Our commitment is to, to define and, and help our kids discover within themselves a really strong voice, to take risks, and to step outside of what feels comfortable. Certainly parents that believe that is the, a common path, doing so and, and sending them to a 24-7 a environment where other professionals are entrusted in the care of their kids to help them become the young adults that leave lives of curiosity, empowerment, service to others, and happy kids doing that in an environment that is on 17 acres, as we are, surrounded by vineyards, surrounded by orchards, and in a beautiful environment that allows our students to take advantage of the natural surroundings with year-round sport and year-round curricular activities by being in a 24-7 environment of learning and living with you know, the value of the International Baccalaureate at the core, we are kind of giving you a long answer here that's not specific just to boarding, but we're committed to a few other things as well. And that is the taking advantage of the natural environment. And that is our outdoor education pillar, Ryan, that we take advantage of after school and weekends as well 
Well, just for example, this weekend, our students are going off. We're in the middle of a beautiful late spring, but the kids are off for a long weekend and they'll have rock repelling one day and then they're starting to do paddling. There's two days worth of paddling that the kids will be out in kayaks on the beautiful Lake Okanagan right now. They could have been skating uh, three months ago, but you know they're outdoors and enjoying those those opportunities, the opportunity of sport but also just saying, how are we taking our curriculum and taking that curriculum to take it sometimes? Where can we develop new perspectives and where can we take advantage of learning mathematics in the out of doors or physics in the out of doors to make that even further and, and richer? Yeah, I think that's so valuable to incorporate the great outdoors into the curriculum. I know in Hong Kong, you know, it's there's a lot of concrete jungle here, but there's also a lot of great you know, outdoor space, uh, lots of hiking, surprisingly. And I know that a lot of families here also enjoy the, the outdoors. So it's great that you have that opportunity and the, the big campus. And, you know, I took a poll in our Facebook group this week asking parents, what are some of their biggest concerns for, you know, sending their child to a boarding school? And one of the responses that I got was bullying. And kind of how schools handle that. So I know that UNICEF is committed to helping children with the, the, the wellness the, and just focusing on the, the, the wellness of the students. So how does UNICEF work on that to the mental well-being aspect? You know, it's really important to us. You know, I ask ourselves and the parents of our children as well. We ask ourselves as a professional staff, who do we want our children to be as a result of their time with us? I ask that of our faculty, I ask that of our kids, and I ask us of our parents. And you know, I know that having worked in Asia as well, that that could be a concern of families. But I have to say, in the the, the time that I've been with Unisys and the time that I've been in other places, I think that we're, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist, but I say compared to other places and some places at different points in time in my career, because we have spent such an amount of time saying that character development is at the core of who our kids are and, and what we do, that, you know, it's not tolerated. We do have a tolerance of, of no bullying. And it's not about just immediate removal. We are committed to something that grew out of Australia and British Columbia, actually. And it's called, you know, restorative practice. And if kids are having conflict, as we do in all families, we take this very seriously and we'll sit down with the agreement of both parties and we work it through so that there's lessons to be learned and that that harm has been created. If there is, I'm not going to say that there's bullying, but if there has been a, a comment made that has been misinterpreted or interpreted badly, that it's that has caused some harm to somebody's feelings, that we have to, we acknowledge the harm and um, our staff are trained in what we call restorative practices. And through restorative practice, it, sometimes it takes not much time at all. And other times it takes longer amounts of time until kids come to the circle and in the conversation and it's very mature and it's very reasoned. And we go through a process and it's a very simple process and we investigate what harm was caused and what we can do to repair the harm. And that's really at the core of what we do. We ask ourselves constantly, who are we developing as not only as scholars, and that is essential for us as a school, as an international baccalaureate school, but it's also who are we developing as people as a result of the time with us. So we work through that. We work through conflict and we work through it with with training, and we work it through peer mediation, but mostly we work through a very sophisticated, but a very 
not so sophisticated, and a very human and a very caring and empathetic system called restorative practice. You know, we're living in a time where that, you know, there's at the core of who we are, our school, as many schools will do, we'll ask industry, they're saying, who do we want our graduates to be as a result of our time with us? And they give us some answers that we'll look at, you know, the ability to work with other people as being amongst the top three. And so we spend a lot of time in that in the same way we work at problem solving or we same way we look at communication. But I would add there's two other characteristics that are really essential at the core of what we do at Unisys and how we commit to our time in schools. And that's empathy. And that is understanding, helping kids, whether they're 14 or 15 or 16, it's pretty natural that kids have some kinds of conflict. And we say things we have no idea that the degree of harm that it can cause to somebody, but trying and being committed to taking the time to put our kids in others' shoes. Empathy is one of those, I would say it's one of the top five characteristics that are essential to develop in our young people today. And we do that with commitment, we do that with expertise, and we do that and it's time consuming, but we don't compromise and making sure that that's, that is uh, something that we absolutely commit to. But in terms of going back to the original questions, we have a, a no tolerance for bullying. We can't tolerate that harm is being created to somebody else. That's really awesome that you you acknowledge that bullying is, you know, it's unavoidable, unfortunately. It's going to happen in a school, but having a zero tolerance policy with some counseling to help generate a community that supports each other and helping the children have that empathy, especially with such a diverse school. It's really important, you know, you have kids coming from all over the world, right? We have children from 17 different countries and the faculty as well. And, you know, a big part of that is, and we stay with that commitment, we celebrate differences. That's at the core of the International Baccalaureate in that understanding that others' perspectives are to be celebrated and sometimes that somebody else's perspective might also be right. But as much as we celebrate our similarities, we celebrate our differences as well. Everything from our chef who is a phenomenal cook, and he, he celebrates the differences in our food. We celebrate differences in the, how we approach things, what our values are, what we believe in sometimes. And uh, But I think there's more that binds us in, in the way of uh, family members in our community and in our boarding and in our day kids as well. And, uh, you know, we're hurt by similar things, and we laugh at similar things. And I think as people... Those are positives and those are th- strengths that we celebrate as a school. Yeah, I know. Like I went to a boarding school. Uh, so I know like, you know, the friends that I made in boarding school, I, I, I'm still friends with them today. So the community aspect, how would you say that the, the community is developed? You know, having the, the boarding students there and also the day students, do you feel like they come together enough to really develop those friendships, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the uh, advantages of working in a school such as ours, we have post-COVID, we get to look forward to international travel again. And whether we've done, ex- my experience of exchange programs is that students in boarding, one of the real highlights is when they're welcomed into a family as a small scale homestay. And so one of the things that we risk by doing that is that typically all boarding students then want to go to homestay and the honeymoon stays for a couple of weeks and then it's, we want to be back. So what we make sure that we do is that we invite our, our day students 
to be part of the, the boarding experience. They're often welcomed in for dinner. They're welcomed in the evening for study session and overnights. We have some part-time boarders with us right now, and we're, we're piloting that. And I think it's going to be a raving success. That really suits some of our families. And in the reciprocity takes place as well, that whether it be our faculty welcoming the boarding students into their homes for the, a three, four-day weekend, or our Canadian families. That's why they sign up the day family or the, our, our local families. They want to get to know and bring and welcome our boarding students into their home. So we're scheduling in at least four stays in the year ahead. And this is this is a rich opportunity. And you know, it's one of the highlights of the whole experience for the kids to be welcomed into to a, a family that not only is just, you know, you go to the lake and you do activities, but just sitting down and having conversation with a family, sitting down and having a family meal. You can't underestimate how wonderful and how honored and how extraordinarily, exquisitely well-behaved and uh, appreciative our kids are of that opportunity to be part of a, an extended family. And yeah. yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, you spoke of the, the honeymoon phase and usually, you know, like the first month, maybe two months, if you're lucky, the kids are super excited. They're engaged with each other. It's a new experience. So they're all really excited. But then after that, you know, sometimes the homesickness kicks in and all of a sudden they're just like, okay, I'm ready to go home now. I miss my parents. Exactly. Exactly. Like, how do you keep the children engaged with their parents back home? I mean, do you create opportunities for them to contact their parents? I know that's really important for parents. Absolutely. You know, communication is everything. You know, I have extraordinary expectations for myself, for extraordinary expectations for our staff. And because I have those expectations for myself and I gently expect them of the staff, we hold that for our, our students as well. And I know that one of the most important questions I ask our parents, as I mentioned earlier, is who do they want their children to be as a result of their time with us? So communication from the school home, and it takes a village to do the raising of, of children. And I know that when our families drop their kids off at school, we maintain, I think, what is extraordinary communication to allow their kids to, as a school, we're communicate at least once a week with a Friday newsletter. So they're reading what's happening school-wide, but our boarding coordinators are also committed through family meetings. They write an email to every family and they report back from their perspective how the, the students are doing in a positive light and also maybe some of the challenges that the kids have worked through. That they notice that you know somebody might have been decided not to join in the, the weekend activity of rock repelling or wanting to go skiing and you know, that would be a bit troublesome and how they worked it through with the students. So they send a photograph home. They send the photograph home of the kids snuggling in with the, the school dog, for example, and, and what they might look like for them to be around the campfire in the evening and roasting marshmallows. So we share that we share the strengths and we also share those moments of how do you build resilient kids? It's not all happy. It, my days are not all perfectly happy. I'd like to report they are. But my days are also with a little bit of challenge as we want our kids to be as well. And we know that we're growing resilient, gritty, perseverant kids, those values that we know that are going to be necessary at university and extended off into whatever level of university or tertiary education or, or even in life. It's the practice that they have for that with a lot of caring adults and a lot of older mentor boarding students as well, caring for them to work this through 
these are small. Like was, we want to test the limits of our kids, but we want to do it in a supportive environment. So that's done through communication, regular communication home. And I say that that happens at least once a week. But one of the things of homesickness to be expected, I remember um, in a previous environment that I was in with boarding, we asked the parents to try to, and I watch how important cell phone and regular communication can be in in some national school systems that I've worked in. And uh, it's very hard to tell the kids that, you know what, we're going to stay focused and we're going to stay, there's, we don't need our phone during the course of the day. We're going to be present. We're going to be engaged in a life and the learning life of the school. So we actually put our phones away in the course of the day and we pull them out. And there's, you know, we, we say that we're ring fencing time around before we enter the school building. This might be a perfect time to call home, but we're trying to give the kids this opportunity to say there's, there's a time and a place. And it also is really important for them to develop that sense of, I'm not going to check in with mom. I'm not going to check in with dad. or I'm not going to check in with my friends every hour on the hour. And that might have been part of the routine and the fabric of their life where they've just come from. But at school, we want them to be engaged in this learning and living environment of Unisys. And we're finding that it works and it works really well. And I'm seeing that that kids, they may not have come with English as being their first language or the language that they're most comfortable with. But we see incredible engagement in not only the day life of at school, but at breakfast time and at lunch time and with the other adults and the, and the faculty. And so we're allowed to, and we're, we're finding that we're doing that. However, after an exciting day, the kids are giving their phones back again. And often they can phone home, being respectful of time differences and so on. So we come up with an expected routine. We let our families know that you can expect to call it between this time and that time. And it's not that we're not welcoming the call. If, if any family needed to be in touch with their children at any moment, they contact the office or they contact, uh, we give them all the numbers that they need to contact immediately and they waive an emergency. But we're trying to get some sense of regulation amongst the kids and, and a little bit of discipline to say, you know what, I'm going to work this through. I'm not going to call mom on this one today I'm going to tr- or this hour. I'm going to see how I feel in an hour from now. And if I still need to call in, absolutely, that can take place. But stretching out that period of I can get through this. And really, that's that's what I'm talking about when I say we're helping our kids find their voice. They're finding that strength and that confidence. And that's who we want to graduate from our school. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with teaching them to be resilient, which, you know, in Hong Kong with, uh, with schools, you know, not being able to do the face-to-face classes, I feel like that's really helped the children become more resilient and stronger, you know, having to be online. So that goes really well with uh, what we've been experiencing here as well. Now, you mentioned a little bit about weekend and holiday activities. I know that that's a, another big concern for parents when sending their children to a boarding school. You know, what's going to happen on the holidays? What's going to happen on the weekends? Are they going to be able to assimilate to local culture and activities? How do you kind of help with that and help them assimilate a little bit? Well, one of the things that we do, even before the children arrive, we make sure that they have somebody on the ground that's going to help them. Funny, we were just having this conversation today and about one really understands their own culture. What does it mean for me to be Canadian when I live in Korea or when I live and spend time in Hong Kong or when I spend years in Germany and other places? One really does appreciate their own culture when they have the opportunity to live and engage in another culture. I think that reflection is 
profound. And they realize what they value most in their own culture or where there's the interface and the similarities. But I think on the weekends, what you know, we, families would send their, their children to Canada for a number of reasons. They send it to Unisys for a number of reasons. We're in the, we're an hour flight away, an hour flight away from Vancouver, a beautiful city. We're in the most extraordinary and one of the most sought after areas to live. We're very rural in the middle of the Okanagan, but we, it's a destination location for so many families in the, it's the fastest growing area in the nation right now because of its, what it offers in the way of sport and what it offers in the way of four season sport and in the safety environment here. You know, I've lived in and worked in large cities and I know how important safety is to our kids. We're able to be in an environment where allow kids, you know, they're on a, at a bit of a fishing rod, if you will. We give them that opportunity. We can't, and, but, you know, within restriction, there's no need for them to be going out every day after school into the town, the village. They have, they're involved in co-curricular activities after school. I can talk about that for a moment. Our kids are fully engaged till at least 4.30 before they have a break, relax, have dinner, and, and then have supervised study in, in residence. But weekends are pretty special. Kids need downtime. And we can never underestimate how important that is. Everybody likes a Friday afternoon. And so they'll have a little downtime. They'll get out on the fields. We have beautiful soccer fields. We have beautiful, some of the kids are off campus going to play soccer in the local community, in the leagues there. They could be just in the gym shooting baskets. But if they, they've had a chance to do a bit of exercise, they've had a chance just to chill and relax but they also have had a nice dinner. But then we'll load the kids into transportation. We'll go into Kelowna. We'll go into Penticton. We'll go to a hockey game as a whole cohort, which is terrific. We'll eat popcorn together. We'll, if it's not being a, a, a spectator of watching some sport, Friday night they'll do evening skiing up at one of the local mountains. Or they're going ice skating and do outdoor skating. We're a four-season area of the world, one of the most exquisite areas, most beautiful areas in all of the country. And whether it's skiing or playing golf, the kids are going to be doing some, as they say, rock rappelling. They're going to be kayaking. In a, a couple of weeks time, they're going to be off sailing. So weekends are spent. Saturday is kind of Friday night. It's usually a spe- going to visit the town to do some sport watching, if you will. But Saturday is full-on engagement. Usually after sleep-in, teenagers love to sleep in, much to my surprise. I don't quite understand. But they have brunch. And then they go off, and then we're, the kids are all on the bus, and they've got their kit, whatever sport that they're involved in. Full day of sport. They come back in the evening. They perhaps have evening uh, uh, ex- a dinner outside, or but we have phenomenal chef that is uh, preparing the meal. And Sunday is back to routine. It's housework. They do housekeeping. They do this family style and they do laundry and they do their tidy of the room and they have room inspection, if they will. And, and then they're down for study time as well. And we have all our boarding coordinators on to help with the tutoring, to help with supervision of that as well. But as I said, Ryan, we're living in an extraordinary area. We're really close to understand, you know, to take the bus, to get into Vancouver, to give the kids a long weekend there. This weekend is a lot of sport. It's a short week, a four day weekend. but at spring break, for example, many of our kids decided after, well, and again, we're just on the heels of COVID, so it's a little bit different. Christmas time, we had three weeks, and we thought that was an important time, despite all of the, the vaccination and the, and the supervision. It was a good time for kids to go home, even if there was quarantine involved. But at our spring break, a two-week time, we said, we have to capitalize on allowing our kids to see this incredible area. So we had planned trips to going over to the Rockies, to Banff. 
and Lake Louise, or we had trip to Vancouver and then over to Vancouver Island to see an area called Tofino and whale watching and being out to, kids weren't surfing, but that's a surfing community. And so we have to give them the opportunity to see what that travel feels like and some of the beautiful areas of the local environment. So all of that is built in to this this whole experience that, that parents have given their kids. And next year, what we're really fine-tuning now, in, as COVID has dropped some of its uh, restrictions, we're planning what we call capstone experiences. So a week excursion as a whole class, day students and the boarding kids, within the school year, not during vacation time, but the kids are going to have a week going over to study biology and they're going to be living on a sailboat and there's room for 40 students. So, you know, that's one level. Another one is the Duke of Edinburgh where they're outside camping, doing outdoor camping. We hope to get, yeah, there'll be horseback riding for different grade levels where that's going to be a week-long camp. But it's all in service, as I say, of, you know, the learning that's taking place to develop these young people as terrific scholars and terrific people. And so the more we can test and pull, stretch the limits of our kids with new experiences, ones that push their boundaries in a safe and supervised way, then I think the, the greater, the more round, well-rounded and the more robust, confident, skilled young adults will be graduating from our school. Yeah. See, this is those are the kind of experience that make boarding totally worth it for me. Like I, I plan 100% to send my child to a boarding school. Coming from the U.S., I, I really don't want to send my kid to a boarding school in the U.S. It's, it's a little bit dangerous, right? Even for an American myself. But Canada, I like how safe it is there. And I think that's great. And all those opportunities for them to get out into the outdoors and see and do so many different things that they wouldn't get at a day school. I think that's fantastic. Because these are habits, Ryan. That's what you're alluding to. These are habits, lifelong habits that, you know, an appreciation of how I can test my limits and the physicality of being an athlete. And what does that bring? That brings balance in life. And those are the habits. Those are the habits of mind and the habits of the body that we want to inculcate in our students. And they'll, they'll, that's a, a balanced piece that we know that will take the students will take the, with them forever. And, you know, it's funny. I've asked some of our graduates or say, you know, what are our near graduates? So, you know, what are some of the things that you are going back to the outdoor ed? And one young man had said to me that then I, I'm just going to take a glance at what it said here that we have a, a mountain right behind us called Giant's Head. It's very climbable. Our youngest children in, in the junior school can also climb it. But he said, and this was a young man, it was from Vietnam, and sport wasn't part of his DNA. He's a brilliant mathematician, an extraordinary chess player. But he said, Unisys gave him the opportunity to be a member of a, an extended community. And he developed what he calls a growth mindset and the encouragement for students to improve. One of my most unforgettable memories is my first hike up Giant's Head. This tradition and the school's outdoor education opportunities should never change. This is what makes Eunice's energetic and fun. I'm proud to have helped my classmates when they needed it, and I'm proud that how I have the confidence now to try new things and get to know myself better. I could not have written this, but a young man who never had engaged in sport and never had engaged in the outdoors in quite this kind of way is his experience, something that said, you know, the lean in and the can do spirit. That's what we want for our grads. And I could not be more proud 
to have read his message to me about what he's what his testimonial is, what his experience has been at the school. It's amazing, you know, as a as a previous dean myself, you know, watching the children transform is just incredible. And you don't get that in a day school very often. I mean, sometimes you do, but in, in a boarding environment where they're in the culture 24-7, you know, all, all school year, you can really see that change in the students' confidence and, and what they like. We really wanted to have some of the students on with us today, but they do have some testing tomorrow. So, you know, it wasn't really. And, and, and you know, I presented it that they could be, you know, celebrities in their own right. And then they were, how I'm not sure how often they totally understood. And these are high stakes exams. And all of our kids have, have really benefited. You know, Ron, I'm going to share with you, if I may, just one small testimonial from another student who she's just graduated. All of our kids have graduated. They're, well, we will, they're in the midst of their exams. In six weeks' time, we'll know the extent of the, their success. But on their predicted grades, they're all destined to graduate with a full international baccalaureate diploma with a dual diploma, with a BC Dogwood, which is also a very rigorous diploma. Every one of them have gotten into their universities of first choice, which is extraordinary. And each and every one of them have received scholarship money options. And as you know, and I know that our Hong Kong parents know that the IB is a diploma or a certificated, pardon me, a diploma program that universities recognize as the gold standard. The gold standard for, and I know that uh, from my encounters with our, our own university guidance counselor at school, as well as all the others that I have worked with, this is a prized accomplishment for our kids. But one young woman, if I may just indulge one more from this young lady, she said that the school had a special power over her. She arrived three years ago that no, no other school had had on her. She said, from the staff to management to students, it's a huge family. The sense of informality and formality between the students and the teachers should never change. Never have I felt so comfortable speaking to teachers. This has aided my learning exponentially. So that, that kids then look at their faculty as coaches and as mentors and as people that they can really come grow with. And I really believe that kids grow into the intellectual life that surrounds them. They regard their, their faculty in that same way. And they said... She says, I grew in independence and initiative while at school. Lead your own path. Unisys is there to support you. That's what she would have said to this crowd. She was anticipating maybe having a chance to speak to some teenagers. She said, I'm most proud of how I have come to be consistent with my own studies and learning to love education. Unisys and the IB curriculum has taught me so much about life around the world, which has, in turn, taught me to be more open-minded. Another one I could have never written. Wow, that's, that's a statement coming from the student, yeah. yeah. And then they 17, yeah. I think a true testament to the the culture that you, you've developed there amongst the students and staff, you know, to be appreciative of international and, you know, students from coming from abroad, too. I think that's fantastic. So all of these graduates' parents, like the parents that we're speaking to in Hong Kong, or will be arriving to school in 10 days' time for, their, for the graduation of these kids. And I know that these children will be wholeheartedly, spontaneously, without any intervention or coaxing from me. They know who they need to thank, and that would be their parents. 
for the opportunities that they've given and knowing sometimes it's a hardship for families to hardship because they miss their kids, but sometimes it's a even a financial stretch to be able to support that distance and the travel and but you know it's an investment in life and in education and something that those our kids have really grown with and again back to one of those wonderful dispositions of empathy and respect and for their families so yeah. I know that's something that I've, I've had the privilege of watching over my decades of working with young adults so Fantastic. Well, we are almost out of time. I know we could talk all day long, but let's go ahead and move into some of the questions. I, I think we only have time to really answer probably one question, if that's all right. And I think it's an important one. It's how do you help students through the visa process or, or do you? We do actually, Ryan. It's a great question. And Canada is one of those countries, to my surprise, you know, COVID was a bit tricky to because of timing and then with delays and so on. And, and we, we expect that our school is one of what we call rolling admissions. We bring in kids at any time and our, our staff are really well suited to bring them in because we knew of, of some of the snags and the delays because people were simply just got stuck in places. But we, you know, this country, Canada has a very straightforward visa process and rarely have we not been successful getting students through with a visa. For, to help. And so we have the resources and people here through our admissions department to set people in the straight path to, to expedite and to secure the visas. I know how important that is for families. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always a, kind of a scary thing, you know, because some countries, they have a really difficult visa process and sometimes schools don't actually help at all with the, the visa process. So it's nice to know that the visa process in Canada is pretty straightforward, and, and if needed, you, you're prepared to help out with that. Absolutely, and we have lots of good connections. And I know that in some cases, some parents want to come with their kids to ensure that they're settling. Some are fine. They'll do the boarding. But, you know, every family that we welcome has a different sort of long-term plan. They're, they're bringing their kids, they're sending their kids to Canada. They're sending them to a a school such as Unisys for a variety of different reasons. Part of it is that they want them to be launched into the best universities globally. We can we can almost guarantee that that will happen. And and interestingly, our students that we're graduating this year, I'm accustomed to kids going about to the U.S. They're globally. Our students have been in all accepted into the top three Canadian universities: University of Toronto, UBC, McGill. It being the top flyers, even though, you know, they had other schools on their list. They had, they, they were, they received acceptances. They're not all going to choose those schools, but, you know, working, securing the study visa at this point has really been a, a real bonus for our kids to, for the next level of study as well. And then even beyond. So I just know that Canada is a, there are some places that are very challenging. I would suggest that Canada, we have lots of resources to help families in that regard. Fantastic. Well, like I said, I know we could talk for hours longer, but I think that's about all the time that we have today. I know the, the parents are on their lunch hour right now, maybe. And so <laughs> they probably need to get on with their day, but maybe we can do this again sometime in the future and, and give parents a, a little bit more information. If the parents would like to get in touch with you and learn more about the school, possibly an open day or another info session, Keely, would would you have any uh, recommendation for how they can get in touch with you? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I'll just pop up a link in the comments and you can also visit our website and sign up for a virtual tour. We'd be happy to help. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a good opportunity for us to conclude. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to another opportunity to share more. Thanks for coming. Pleasure. Thank you so much indeed. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Hong Kong education system and parenting and education news and trends, check out our back catalogue, all available to download for free. You can also head over to our YouTube, Facebook or website for lots of free useful information for parents and educators. Links in the show notes. Until next time.